This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And I'm, I'm feeling a bit better now. I've thawed out. Since, since the last time you heard us on the podcast, we were so cold. We're up in Hull, absolutely freezing. We were behind that goal and it was the wind was whipping in. We were so freezing. It was trying to tweet. The fingers were all over the gaff. It was a nightmare. It's the coldest I've been for an absolute while. But the ironic thing about it is that it was all right. We walked out of Hull. And the weather was fine, and we came home, and we went to London. We said, London is so warm compared to Hull. I looked out the next morning, and literally, the heavens had fallen down in my manor. I live in North London, and it's still there. Frozen, absolute snowed out, schools shut, you know, university shut, the roads blocked off. Absolute nightmare. So, Hull may be cold, but London is even colder. But hey, I'm Billy Grant. And I'm harking back to Saturday's poor result. 3-2 versus Hull, even though according to some people it was 3-1. Because the last goal didn't really matter. But the less said about that, the better. But listen, forget about Saturday because there's plenty of stuff to look forward to this week. This is a buzzing week. This is going to be an absolutely buzzing week. We've got a Christmas party on Friday night. Our Christmas social at the Fuller's Brewery, which is going to be an absolutely teething tremendous night as well. And we've got Barnsley to look forward to. Teams like Barnsley on Saturday as well. And of course, we've got the podcast here, which is in the, the lively Cross Keys pub, which has got all sorts of characters in here tonight. It's obviously, the Christmas is kicking in and the place was, was... I mean, I had to fight my way through the door because there were so many people. There was the Great Dane as well, which was not Andreas BLN or, 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 or Lasse Vibe. Wasn't at all. He was this massive Great Dane. Like big Scooby Doo. Yeah. He was like a massive Scooby Doo, wasn't he? He was at the door and he was uh, very nice and he said to me, Hello, Billy, how are you doing? I said, I'm very well. Thank you very much, Great Dane, which is all good. But <laughs> did, he, um, did, he, did he laugh at his stupid shoes? Actually, we don't talk about my stupid shoes, actually. I was, uh, that's unusual, but you often been told that you haven't got a Scooby-Doo. So that's no, no, that, that's true, that's true, yeah. But the, sho- the shoes, it's a bit of a North London thing going on here. I'm, I've, I've walked through, literally, I, I trekked through snow and blizzards and everything like that to come to West London here. And I've got off the train and there's no snow at all. And I look rather silly in my stupid snowshoes. Ugg boots on, though. 
Mm, I don't do Ugg boots. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Listen, tell you what else is absolutely teething tremendous to look forward to. This is our 350th podcast. 350 podcasts. Hey! 350 podcasts. Absolutely fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's really excited. We've actually, to be honest, we've been sitting here for about three hours celebrating. <laughs> celebrating when we've actually pressed the button now. We thought we actually better start, start talking before, before they actually call last orders. You know what I'm saying? So, which is all good. But, you know, this is 350th podcast. And tell you something, big celebration as well, because yeah. we're going to do it as well. Happy birthday to us. You, you, Happy you. birthday to us. Happy birthday, dear podcast. Happy birthday to you. And everyone's, everyone seems to be celebrating here. And, you know, and, and, and what I thought is quite, quite interesting. It's not only us celebrating, but there's characters in the pub celebrating as well. I'll tell you something as well. Have you been invited to the, the podcast party as well, haven't you? Oh, amazing. Yes, amazing. Loving it. 350. I mean, three, I mean, did you ever believe that podcast will get to 350? You know what? I didn't think it did. I would have, but it, we're here and it's exceptional. Tell you something. I mean, you obviously lost four words. I mean, I, I mean, it's lovely seeing you at podcast party as well today. I mean, did you ever believe that you'd see podcasts get this old? No, not at all. But no, thanks for inviting us, yeah, and, and inviting us to sing. You know, happy birthday as well. And yeah, it was great. Oh, that's yeah. right. And I see you drinking a you're drinking your bubbly there as well, which is which I think is fantastic. You know, tell you something. I mean, do you think you'll be here for the the five hundredth birthday as well? Um, I I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. If we invite you, yeah. Yeah, you invite us. Definitely. Excellent, excellent. And tell you something, are, are, you, are you delighted to be at the 350th podcast party today? Lads, I'm absolutely over the moon to be here. This is probably the pinnacle of my year. Oh, no, I could tell. I mean, you, you, your eyes are popping out. You've been jumping on the tables all, all evening oh, as well, haven't you? What, <laughs> jail me, because I don't care if I'm having a good time. I'm going to do that stuff. That's excellent. Tell you something, five hundred. We're going to see you at the five hundred birthday. Thanks for coming down, Lou. Hey, happy birthday! Yes, right. That's right. The chapter's over. Tell you something. Absolutely. Listen, the cross keys tonight. We've never. I've never known such excitement. No, it's it's pretty brilliant. I mean, people have been dancing on the tables all night and everything. It's just really good. Tell you something. I've got a feeling it's going to be a lock-in tonight. I mean, I've been funny. Like everyone seems to be happy at Christmas, but this is this like this has put an extra bit on it for everyone. It's on another level, isn't it? And tell you something, it's like, I like the way that podcast is sort of, sort of quite general. It's, it's, just, it's just a name, isn't it? It's just pod- I mean, it doesn't really matter. Oh, it doesn't matter at all, no. It's irrelevant. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But listen, the 350th Besotted Podcast. But I'm, I'm going to ask no, you guys. more important. Listeners, Bill. How many listeners? We've had 725,000 listens so far. So it means that, you know, it's quite, it's quite, people, are, people are tuning in. That's right. Three or four each edition listening <laughs> that's, to us. That's right. That's right. Which is good. And it's growing. You know, by the end of the week, we might get 10. You know, but look, I'm going to ask you guys. I mean, I mean, you've all been involved in the podcast pretty much from the early days. And I'm going to say to you as well, because do you remember our very first podcast? Does anyone remember our very first podcast, what it was? kind of do because it being post-match and it was um, Middlesbrough it was our very first season in the championship and it was up at Middlesbrough do you remember what happened? Uh, it'd be, it be in Middlesbrough. We, it didn't end well, did it? <laughs> Probably. Um, I no. say defeat. <laughs> it was a big defeat. 
Four? It was 4 0. We lost 4 0 to Middlesbrough. We were very excited. We went up to Middlesbrough. To be fair, as we always do at Middlesbrough, and we keep saying this, we had a brilliant day out. We had a fantastic day out, but then we sat on the train and we, it, it hit us. We were on the way home on this long train journey home and we downloaded this app that we'd never seen before and it gave us 10 minutes to talk about nonsense and we pushed the button and we said right you've got 10 minutes and we went around and spoke to each person we said 10 minutes to talk about the Middlesbrough game and it finished I think about 9 minutes and 57 seconds pressed the button and then we uploaded it didn't know what's going to happen and then we carried on drinking and then uh, when we got back to London about three hours later, it had about 2,000 listens. And we went, blimey, this is quite exciting. Maybe we should start a podcast. Yeah, I always, always wanted to do it, if I'm honest with you. you know, there was, there, before, before we did this, I talked about having a radio show once a week. And we, 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 did, we, did, we, we, we always like to kind of experiment and push bits and bobs. And some will work and some won't work. And this is one that certainly has. And, uh, you know, 725,000 you know, listens is, is is pretty remarkable, and you know, and you, you could do the maths yourselves. But you know, we we know that there's two and a half thousand, three thousand every week that that listen to us. Well, I mean, you say that, but some of them have more. I mean, lots of them have, have, have over ten thousand, and some of them might have had fifty. No, no, you know what I'm saying? You know, what I'm saying is, you know, you, you work it out as an average, and you know, our cause three and a half, four thousand a week, and you know, that's 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 pretty remarkable for a club our size and you know you you and you and I know you know you went to the club last week when you were doing your fancy cooking stuff with you know with the Danish players you know the the, the, mas, the masseuse is listening to us and you know it, it's listened to and um you know so I'm, oh yeah I, I, we just enjoy doing it and uh it's a great thing to do once a week and you know we'll carry on doing it all the time it's fun to be honest again and that, i think that's the key as long as it's fun and we try and make it as fun as possible as well we try and include as many people as possible and like i said people in the pub here still dancing on the tables having a very very good time but let's just come back to podcasts and i'm just wondering i mean we've done 350 but you know what is your best moment of the 350, which is pretty much our time in the championship? The Dutchman, have you any thoughts on that? I fondly remember that podcast when we were all really nice to liberal Nick and we gave him a really easy time and didn't bully him at all. Oh, hang on, no, no, no. Sorry, no. Listen, I love it. I love, I love the predictions. I love the fact we get it wrong most weeks. I love the fact that we don't set ourselves up to to know very much other than just being fans and enthusiastic and you know positive supporters of the club and that that's what I enjoy no, no, no real standout moments as such just the whole general vibe and enjoyment of doing them the savvy bee for me it's the, the daft stuff you know I mean we, we talk about football all the time but sometimes we just get a bit daft and I think uh, I mean I just really chuckled at the, the last one I heard the, the one the post-match uh, from Hull um, on Saturday when you convinced this bloke that it was 3-1 and uh, you gave me a really hard time, but you just convinced him by the end of it because he really thought it was 3 2. And that's Enrique, that's right. Yeah, we were on the way back from the game, I was very, very cold, and, uh, it, and, 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 and he was kept on going about the second goal, and I said the second goal didn't count. Yeah, and, and he just really started to doubt himself. So, so did that one, maybe that didn't count, maybe, maybe it was offside, he was saying. You know. And he just like, had me in you know, just tears, it was brilliant. And that, those are the bits that always. Now, the bits that make me laugh are the bits that I just really love about the podcast. It's a funny podcast. Laney. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's too many, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I, you know, again, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put aside an evening of my week every week to, to do something I, I didn't enjoy. 
So, um, you know, it, 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 there has to be fun in it. And I think it's the irreverence. I think, you know, talking about football, talking about football with, you know, people that I respect and, 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 and people that we bring in from a wider, a wider sort of like, you know, periphery of, of Brentford. I, I do enjoy that. I think I, 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 if I ever had to listen back to one again, and I know you always jump to the most recent, but I, I do like. I, I thought the Tinder one recently was was good. I, I thought that was. And just, explain what happened because a lot of people don't know what well, you're talking there, about. There, there was, you know, we were we were trying to we were sitting there scratching our heads, work, working out what we were going to talk about that night, and all of a sudden we we sensed out of the corner of our eyes there was a like a, a Tinder date about to happen. This like an attractive woman was looking at a watch waiting for someone and all of a sudden this guy turned up and um it was clearly a you know he, he blamed he said the app was down i couldn't work out where you were and all of a sudden like our ears pricked up and before we knew it you know that was the center of our podcast not anything to do with brentford and we in well we you um <laughs> basically ruined their life I didn't ruin their life i just interviewed them on the podcast and they were very nice you ruined an otherwise good date probably well, um well they did leave together yeah, left straight for taxis, <laughs> but no, no. But but you know, listening back, it, it's great. You sprinkle something random in it, and I, I think that's what we do. You know, we, we can talk about Brentford, but obviously, you know, there's more to our lives than football. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, yeah. So that's the, probably the one I listen to over and over again. Apart from that, is um, yeah, uh, t- just just again, just talking about football with your mates every week. You can't beat it. And good beer, you know. We're we're in brilliant boozers, drinking Pride every week. Um, there's no festives in here this week. We were drinking Hollybush last week. It's not here, not here this week. But um, you know, there's, there's Pride's going down. There's Frontiers going down. There's uh, Unfiltered's going down. So yeah, we're, we're we're in a good place, Bill. Which is all good. And and, and for me, what I, what I do like, even though, like I said to you, I like to, you know. To be looking to have a little bit of a laugh, a little bit of a joke. These podcasts are always a bit of a laugh, a bit of a joke with the pre match podcast as well. I do also love to, if you do it sometimes, bring a little bit of a serious edge to it as well. And like I said to you, I think one time when we did a Matthew Benham um, um, podcast, when we did the interview with Matthew yeah, Benham as well, and I thought that was that was really good because we actually brought a little bit of a lot of information in that we'd got from different areas, and I thought that was actually really, really quite interesting. I'll tell you what, I also really enjoyed as well. And I know on Saturday, on Friday, we got Kevin Connor at the uh, Besotted Social as well which is all sold out which is all good thanks very much for all getting involved and coming down it's going to be really really good fun but we've got Kevin Connor but we got invited down to the B team game as well and we did a Rob Rowan and we did a B team um, exclusive and we got behind the scenes of the B team we talked a lot about a lot of stuff and then we did a B team stuff as well and uh, a lot of people just commented and said that you know they thought that was one of the best uh, podcasts that we'd done because it was uh, very informative and we like doing a little bit of like yeah we're funny but we also try to look a little bit serious we do write serious sometimes as well but you do like write funny so that reflects it as well but at the same time sort of doing the post-match podcast it is quite um interesting to uh to 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 the post-match podcast would say are the most interesting ones when you actually try and get in there with the away fans because you do have to be a little bit careful when you're shoving a microphone under people's noses and then asking them questions especially if they've lost two or three nil and uh keep you keep your last season was uh 
was probably quite interesting, actually. A couple, you a know, a couple of times I thought you were going to get an absolute kick in after <laughs> the game. A couple of times you probably deserved it. Uh, no, 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 tell me like, which ones. Can you remember? Oh, well, well, more videos. So, but I mean, the videos at Bristol, Bristol City, City was quite bad, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know how you got away with that. If I'm honest with you, this bloke, this bloke was a Neanderthal, and uh, yeah, he was about. And then there's four or five mates, and then the Stone Island was well and truly in effect. Yeah, there was, was a lot of fake Stone Island around there. <laughs> yeah. um, the QPR lost. Keep, at the end of QPR last season inside the pub as well, that was a bit touch and go. Yeah, no, but I mean, you know, going back to what you said about, um, you know, the, the ones where we kind of uncover stuff, you know, it all comes down to time, really. I mean, to, to, do, to do that, um, like the B team one, that, that took a lot of time. That was like two or three days' work, probably. You know, you've got to research all the questions, you've got to spend, a, you've got to take a day out to go down there to the B team and, and, and see Rob and, they, you know, absolutely blinding bloke he is. And then you've got to edit it all back together again. So, you know, most, most of the stuff that we do has to be like it is now because of just purely time we spend a we spend a you know an afternoon and an evening down here doing it and then then you still got to edit it in the evening so like evening two, two o'clock in the morning yeah two o'clock in the morning so you know <laughs> it's but you know we're not we're not asking for violins or any or or red arrows to be flying over we're just kind of just saying you know we enjoy it i hope you do too and you know that we'll carry it on for as long as we can carry it on most definitely because it is being fun it is good fun you know it's not fun sometimes when Brentford lose and you have to think about how we can actually create stories out of it but hey ho that's the way it goes but listen I'm feeling a bit Christmassy Lainey are you feeling a bit Christmassy we're getting closer to the Christmas period how are you feeling about it oh, my halls are really decked yes yeah I, I did it on Sunday um, yeah all the all, everything come out the loft there was the tree went up the, um, all the decks are out the cat's going absolutely effing crazy with the baubles um, but yeah no yes, I'm, I'm in Christmas mode especially with Friday coming up I know we've got a really good social it's a, in fact it's a fantastic social we've got this Friday um, if you're not there unlucky because um, you know it's, it's sold out now we've got Bob Taylor we've got Marcus Gale and we've got um, Kev O'Connor Kev O'Connor King, King Kev O'Connor. O'Connor 500 and well yeah 500 and whatever 500 and whatever games he played this, this, this guy you know the guy's an absolute legend 501 games so um, you know it's absolutely it's absolutely stunning. So where where it, however many times you can say I've been to a piss up in a brewery or a bees up in a brewery, bees up in a brewery, we'd rather brewery. that as well because it's manners as well. So it's all about fullers and fullers is respectful as well. So at the end of the day, yes, you can have a drink up at a brewery. So this is a bees up in a brewery. But we've had a bees up in a brewery the last two years, and that is pretty remarkable. Which is all good. Listen as well. Listen, coming back to three hundred and fifty, we're going to be talking about three hundred and fifty because there's so many three hundred and fifty things going around. This is our three hundred and fiftieth podcast. And we are... We're halfway to 500. We are halfway to 500. I mean, let's have a... What, if it's, if it's 350 podcasts, and on the way... What is the percentage on the way to 500? 12. 12%. No, it's 83. Sa- what is that, Sav? No, 83%. It's 83%. The Dutchman. You're, you're, you're the mathematician here, the, the, the accountant. What is it? 27.9% of all percentages are made up on the spot. I tell you something. I mean, for me, I mean, it's, I tell you something. These guys have got no idea what's going on to me. To me, it's 99.3% on the way to 500. Uh, and, and as you know, if you listen to the podcast, that I always get these numbers right, and these guys don't know what's going on at all. Anyway, but listen, we're going to be talking more about 350. We're going to be talking about our podcast. We're going to be talking about other things. We're going to be talking about our fingers missing at Hull. But let's go back to Saturday. In the pub, in the street. 
everywhere, absolutely freezing, as we're going to be talking about that whole game where Brentford lost 3-1, apparently, because the last goal didn't count, <laughs> in the pub with the fans after the game. It's bloody awful. Freezing cold, terrible game. Um, we just capitulated again. The defence is just all over the place at the moment and any pressure put on us and we're just conceding all the time. Didn't create anything either. They gave us a goal to start with in the second half after an awful first half. Um, and we just managed to scramble one in towards the end. Gave us a little bit of hope with all the injury time and everything. But we never really created any, anything to put them under pressure. So it's one of the horrible away trips that... The actual day out's been better than the game again. We weren't as clinical as we were at Fulham in the second half. I, I have to agree with that. Um, I saw flashes at the end when we went into injury time. We got the, the second goal for ourselves, but there were some good flashes and opportunities. But Hull were always going to shut up shop from that point and to try and get even the three all and have the sort of dream of a, a QPR-type turnaround, it didn't look like it was going to happen. It was tough. I don't think we banged it over the net, no, not really. We were just, uh, we just in the right uh, place at the right time, I think. I don't think there was any skill there. It was just uh, a bit of luck, but yeah, we managed to get the oh, goal. When that, you went 1-0 down, did you think, oh, here we go again? I always think, here we go again. Um, in the last 10 minutes, I thought as well, that, that was it. I thought, yeah, you're going to pull back and you're going to score. So, yeah, I think that all the time. <laughs> I don't think there was a new manager bounce. I think, yeah, I think you uh, you definitely fluffed it. Um we still got the same players. They're not good enough in this league. No, we've only got two or three that have come down from the Premiership. If that, no, they've all they're all uh, on loan or they're all being freebies. We've lost our best players. Yeah, it's a lot deeper than that. Um, no, I'm not more excited. We need some defenders, as you saw today. No defenders. Stupid on goal. And at the end, we let you back in. No, we need new players. It's not Atkins. It's new players. Come on, you bees. Yeah, go on your bees. <laughs> it was a bit rubbish. We played really bad in the first half, and then the second half, I was a bit late coming back, so I missed the uh, missed the own goal, which was uh, not great. But you know, we scored another we scored another one, and you know, no, we scored another one at the end though. We did score another one. But it didn't end. count. Did it not count? Well, it, it didn't count overall. Did we didn't. Did, did we lose for you up? <laughs> you, you've got no idea what the score is, have you? I thought we lost 3 2. So, okay, so the goal counted. So, how many points did we get? Zero. Yeah. Zero. So, so, the goal didn't really count. No. <laughs> okay, no, true. Disappointing, inept, just awful. Mr. Smith needs to take a look at what he's doing out there. I mean, we were poor first half and went, we're 1 0 up. Second half, just shocking. Absolute shocking. And it's cold. Oh, I think it's getting close to January window. They're frightened. I think some of them are going. I'm just a bit disappointed. Come all this way. A lot of people are coming this way to see that. It wasn't good. Mr. Smith, answer us. What's going on? The equaliser was a really really good goal. So you can't, listen, you can't always account for them. No, it seemed to me that maybe the substitutes were a bit weird. So they took Makocho off. I don't, I don't know if he was injured or anything. He didn't look injured. He was playing dead in the middle. And then Nico comes on. I like Nico, good player. But he seemed to be playing like a bit on the right. And then the middle was left free. And all of a sudden, there was a, a game was everywhere. And, and that's what we, we lost. We, we seem to have lost it when, when Nico came on. We just seemed to fall apart, didn't we? Yeah, oh yeah, completely. So, and again, nothing against Nico, but he's, I like him. But the shape was gone. There's no one in the, there's no one banging in the middle. That's where Makocho was playing. And they were just running riot. 
Uh, I mean, unfortunately, we haven't got a game changer at the moment to to bring bring on. Uh, we haven't really got enough up front, basically. More pie is not effective enough on his own. He's probably a good impact player to bring on, but I don't think he's strong enough to lead the line for 90 minutes. And I think we did lack that uh, strength up front. Um, we need something a little bit more, especially against Dawson. We need some uh, more physical presence. Um, so yes, it's disappointing. Yeah, we, we weren't good enough today. Um, for all the all the pats on the back we gave ourselves last week after beating Fulham, we need to punch ourselves in the head today because um, we need to be a bit more ruthless than that. Whole whole there for the taking today. And I'm, I'm not disappointed because I've had a great day out. I'll have a continue. I'll continue to have a great day out. But um, football got in the way of my good day today. Um, it's one. Of, it was one of those days. We weren't. We didn't really get our fourth gear today. Assuming you got six gears. Fourth gear. It's quite, got, a lot, it's quite a lot of gears. Yeah, I've got seven gears in my car, so so fourth gear is quite low. So a lot of people got four gears, so that's uh, that's quite high. Yeah, they always get a new car. But so, but you know, Brentford, if they if they've got any expectations about um, you know promotion playoffs or whatever, they need to be better than better than that today. You know, Watkins and Canos, great in parts, but we, you can't rely on them. You can't rely on them to cause goals every week. You know, we, we didn't we didn't deserve to lose, I don't think, today, but um, Hull, Hull just had a little bit more about them when they needed it. And I think we're I think we're being back in that punished mode. We're scoring two goals away um, and we, 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 we come away with nothing. It's, on another day today, on another day we we'll probably get a draw today. But you know, I, I just think that pretty much sums up the season. We've had a great day out. Brentford didn't play awfully, they just didn't play well enough and you know they, they, they switch it on and off and today it was an off day. In the pub after the game, um, fingers intact, noses intact, foreheads intact, just about because it was bloody cold up in Hull. Uh, more colder than it is, like I said to you, in London, but um, then things happen in London where we got lots of snow and they right. probably didn't. I had my proper winter coat on, like my 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 big coat on. It's, 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 like, a, it's like wearing a, like a, a duvet. It's good, it's good. I'd recommend it. Good for you, Dave. And we had, and we, had uh, we had red wine, plenty of red wine, and lots of cheese on the way back. The, the, anyone that's seen the Twitter feed has seen how much cheese there was on that train on the way back, and we we've got about a hundred hundred retweets or a hundred likes. So people love cheese. Well, more, I mean, it'd be more than that. I said to you, it's interesting because you, you sort of kind of you know. We don't do it all the time, but obviously cheese, we did cheese, uh, was a tradition from, for the Besotted Group, 1996, Bournemouth away was the first one, that whole cup run we did, we went to Norwich, we had cheese hats and everything like that going on, and then we did the cheese boat the following season down to Charlton, if anyone looks on, on, on uh, YouTube, just Google cheese boat to Charlton. Brentford and you'll see it there's all sorts of cheese going on there so cheese is not like a, a passing fad it's been going on for 20 odd years with us characters oh, yeah. cheese runs through our veins mate it does indeed you know what I'm saying we're not talking about varicose veins we're talking about cheesios veins as well like, you know what I'm saying Jane. Yes. <laughs> that's right <laughs> never heard of her you know so but this is all good so the cheese was involved on Saturday but what is quite interesting because you know when you talk about football what we'll say beforehand is that we went to Hull on Saturday and we, we, we went probably to Hull and back. Did, yeah, we went to Hull and back. We, we probably did every single <laughs> ale bar uh, in the old town 
Old Town, it was very, very good. We went to lots yeah. of places in the Old Town and we ailed ourselves right up on Saturday, Mate, didn't we? I, sta- I stouted myself to the max. I had Christmas pudding stout. I had um, a barista stout, which was um, like coffee, which was just orgasmic. And then I had vanilla stout, which I had three or four of, which was just unbelievable. Just unbelievable, Bill. Indeed. So, I mean, we've done that. Then all of a sudden, on the way back, we just thought, tell you something, let's have a bit of change. So we did a bit of wine, we did a bit of cheese, we did all sorts of stuff, like I'm saying. Did a bit of leffy as well. And we, we, we told the world that we're doing it. We didn't think much of it. We just said, look, this is what we're doing. But I was quite surprised that characters seem to be actually very happy with... Our cheese action. Yeah, and just cheese I action in general. Cheese action. Just just cheese action in general. And obviously, like, you know, say football is not necessarily, I mean, listen, you could do your hours, you could do your lagers, you could do whatever, but also, you know, you tuck into a bit of cheese. I didn't realise that people were so happy with a bit of cheese and what. Maybe it's just coming on to Christmas. I th- no, it's it's our keep football out of football. I think, I think that's more to the point. I think a lot of fans realise that if you, unless you win or, or you get a point, Going away, it's it's really about the day out, and it's it's about sort of like the banter and the going away with your mates and stuff. And I think um, that was pretty much it in a in a sort of cheese shell. It was indeed. So listen, we had a, we had a good old cheese day out on 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 Saturday, and uh, <laughs> but for, you know, forget the cheese. It's the game. Let's go back to the game. I'm saying, and like I said to you, like I said, a lot, lot of people. I mean, we're talking about 100, nearly 150 odd people were very happy with that cheese thing. As you said on Twitter, if you look on it, a very good cheese board. And we probably won't do another cheese outing for another three or four or five months. But forget that. The game was a little bit disappointing. And I know if you listen to the post-match podcast. I had a little bit of a conversation with the Enrique Manchester B on the bus on the way back after we'd actually warmed ourselves up after like freezing ourselves back for the game. And uh, what I was trying to say is that, listen, what it seems to be is that sometimes we are very happy with actually finding players who are better than other players and we actually play better football for them then. Um, and then when it seems to go horribly wrong, we always flip back to the teams like Brentford and we say, oh, well, we're just Brentford and everyone's got more money than us. And what my argument was is I'm saying, listen, we're very good at finding good players, but what we need to now do is turn this into proper results week in and week out. Because if they're better, then we should be playing better than them. And, and what we shouldn't be doing is going, when we lose, oh, they've got more money than us. Because my argument is that Hull, in principle... We should have beaten them. And even the whole fans afterwards said, actually, you should have beaten us. We scored very three very good goals, but we're not very good in defence. We're not very good up front. And we're, actually, we're not bad up front. And we're midfield's average. So for us, being able to find players who can actually conquer these faults in other teams, we should have delivered. And um, sometimes I think we just get a little bit teams like Brentford because we just kind of... Um, we, 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 we can run with that because it's, it's a good excuse. You, you know what I'm saying, Laney? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I think we're probably guilty of being a bit bipolar, I'd say, in, um, in win, winning, winning and losing. Either we're great or and we're not so great. And I, and I just think, you know, this, this season has really kind of crystallised to me that, you know, yeah, there's, there's masses of potential there. There's, there's lots of positives. There's quite a few negatives. But, you know, we, we're clearly not ready for... For any kind of promotion challenge, really, and I and it, and I and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm 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 up for getting carried away again after three or four straight wins, 
but we've we then we we have, we've had the wins and then we we go off the boil. We're we're, we're too inconsistent. But masses gonna, of, but, masses of potential. Though. But I'm going to ask you the question: Did did Bristol City? say the same thing when they played us at the beginning of the season their manager they were talking about sacking their manager I think they couldn't get the win in their first five they came to us and they struggled and they, again I speak to the Bristol City mates and they still say we're the best team they've played this season so we, prob- yeah. we, prob- we probably are and you know we, we are we are absolute ambassadors for how how great our team can be and we're also realists about how you know with their inadequacies you know, we, 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 we go on week after week, year after year, about how um, how fragile our defence is. Um, you know, and, that, and, I'm, and I, don't, I don't actually ball out any single defender in that, but collectively, whatever, for whatever happens, we're, we're not good enough. We, we leak goals, we, we leak three um, at, the, at the weekend, we score two. And you know, normally, you know, again, you know, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be a parrot on this podcast, but you know, I'm happy to see my team lose trying to win, but it does get a little bit tiresome. It does get a bit tiresome when they make the same mistakes, and you know, for whatever reason, they keep making the same mistakes, Bill. Sav, I'm going to ask you, I mean, I'm going to use Bristol City as an example. Like I said to you, I've got Bristol City mates. I talk to them all the time and they're doing very, very well at the moment now. Um, they haven't seen it coming. They've won, I think, six in the last eight matches now. Beforehand, they were, they were struggling. They were properly struggling. Last season, I think they were 16th. The season before, I think they were 18th. But now, then I think they're fourth in the league at the moment now. Uh, but it t- it took us run six wins out of eight games to get them there. Now, what will turn Brentford... I mean, Brentford into a Bristol City because at the end of the day Bristol City thinks that we're the best side that we've played this season but obviously there's something that is not making us like Bristol City and what is it I mean Aidan Flint okay I know he scores he's a defender that scores goals is it an Aidan Flint you know he's not the best defender defender in the world he's alright you know what I'm saying but he's scoring goals what is it that we need to do to become a inverted commas Bristol City we probably need some experience because if you look at a lot of our players they're either not experienced in this country uh, people like Makocho, who's got some experience, but not in his country. Or uh, they've got no experience at all in, in the Championship. So I think that helps. And the kind of players we buy, I mean, our system is to buy them young, buy them raw, turn them into something great. And um, and we, we do that and that works. But while they're with us, for the first sort of nine months, they're just learning. And it takes a bit of time. And then, you know... Let me sell them. Yeah, and then we sell them. Yeah, so I mean that, that, that's, that's a that's, that's a problem. But we also got to look at the opposition. I mean, if you, I actually, as soon as I saw the whole team on Saturday, I thought, oh, bloody hell! You know, th- these are these are some really regular Premiership players. Grisicki, I remember from the Euros last time. I thought he was superb, and I remember him playing for Hull last season in the Premiership. I thought he was fantastic, and then I, I suddenly got a little bit worried when I saw their team. So I was thinking, oh, Hull. You know, they've had a really bad year. They're down down there somewhere. I mean, bloody hell, look at their players. They've got experience. They've got some quality players. And then I got a bit worried. And it turned out that I was right to, give, I was right, right to be worried. And it's ironic that one of the top players, that, that all the whole, I think he was given their sort of man of the match by the whole examiner or the telegraph, what it was, was uh, John Terrell, who was uh, one of our old boys as well. He did actually look really good, didn't he? I mean, he, that third goal, I think, uh, he played a lovely ball through. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we know he's a good player, but, you know, but, you know, but they've got a lot more than him as well. You know, they've, they've got some really, really top players. The Dutchman. Um, Hull City, disappointing result. We ebb and flow. 
keep the art. We should have won. Okay, well, let's forget about that because that's a crying game. Um, Fulham, we've done really well and we were on the buzz off the back of that. And then all of a sudden we come to Hull and you see Dean Smith, he's absolutely fuming by the way that we, in effect, capitulated after going ahead in that game. Now, this soft underbelly, we've been talking about this soft underbelly the whole time and we could talk about it week in and week out. But what is it about us and this soft underbelly and why can't we... Why can't we grab onto it and hold on to a win and just deal with it? Well, it's a danger. It becomes a mindset that you can't hang on to a lead. But I'm not sure about the hanging on to a lead bit. I think that's a bit of a... That's just that's just the way it goes to some extent. You know, we, we've got a soft underbelly full stop from the start. And, you know, we've had spells in the last couple of years where if we go a goal behind, we're stuffed. You know, and, and now everyone knows they can score goals against us. And I think for us, it's, it's weighing up. This is the most exciting Brentford team. We know all that. We, 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 we're going to score. We look like scoring goals everywhere we go. And that's great to watch. We go away to Hull. We've scored two goals or one or two. There's some debate. But I think it was two. Two goals we scored. And most games we play, we always think that we're going to score some goals. And we know we're going to let in goals. And I think that's that balance of that team. And perhaps there's an element of curtailing some of that attacking flair and skill that kind of get those goals to put some more defence in. You know, we're looking for defenders who play the ball out all the time and take risks. And after the game, you can analyse a bad mistake or a, you know, a wayward pass. But those are the passes that create the goals and the opportunities. And we've all sat and watched loads of Brentford games in the past where we don't look like scoring if you play for about 16 years or 350 games, maybe, to be topical. And I think now we look like scoring. And it's that balancing act between what do we send out a team to hang on to leads, to become a little bit less exciting, a little bit less adventurous, a little bit less you know fun to watch, to hold on to those leads. You know, right now, I still quite enjoy what we do, but I'm as frustrated that we keep letting leads slip. But I don't think it's about the leads slipping per se. I think it's more about teams know they can probably pressure us and we'll concede. And you know, this, this scoring late goals, it's not just us against QPR. It's happened about three times in the last couple of weeks where teams have scored two goals in the 90th minute plus to equalise. So it seems to be a bit of a trend. But you, know, the, you, you can throw players up and change the way you play. I like how we play, but there is a balancing act. And I think he gets that in swapping the players. And Is it Mahocho? Is it Sawyers? Is it Inaris? There's a bit of swapping going on, trying to perhaps get a bit more... You know, stability and balancing out with the flair players, and is it Canos or Flojo or all the rest of it? And yeah, you know, I don't know the right answer to that. I just feel that if we carry on playing as attacking football, which I like, there is the flip side of that that we're not quite so strong at the back. See, you know, hear me out on this one because you know I watched the Man United Man City game on, on Sunday, and where Man City they. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not comparing Brentford with Man City. They, you know, they're clearly, you know, well more, well more equipped than, than, than us. But there's a there's a similar ethos where the, the footballing style is 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 the, the the paramount. It's it's the way they play. But how they how they um, ground out that game in the end, or how they wound down the clock, was beautiful to watch. It was really negative, but really positive in the same way. In the same in the same way that we try and attack, they defended in the same triangles and they passed it and they kicked it off of defenders and they it was all measured and it was it was it was really it was actually an, an entertaining negative. Um, stance. It's, it, it wasn't Cardiff, and it wasn't. It wasn't sort of like knock it long. It was keep keep playing the way you do, 
but in in, in a defensive way. Um, and and I and I think there's 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 a there's a lot to be learned from that. And in the same way as they they it was shown on Sky how they how Man City kept their even when they were pushing forward they all stayed in their positions, which made it almost impossible for the for, for Man for Man United to to counterattack because they were coming up with a left back who was actually actually like 20 yards inside their half, but he was defending his position. So they 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 attacked and they defended in their positions, and it was to to see that in in, in actual in, in actual play was quite wow. I've not I've not I've not seen that, and that's a brilliant use of technology. Um, I, I don't deny that they try and they try not to do that at Brentford, but clearly you know if you're going to play with this all-out attacking, flowing football. You need to work out how you're going to defend it when, when it when it breaks down because you've got a lot of people out of positions. And I, and I think that showed how discipline works. So I think there's still lots to be worked on. Um, we're not a million miles away from it. I, I, I'll be, I'm, if I'm honest with you, we're, we are we're three, three, we're three quarters of the way there. 25% there. Uh, you say again, but yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So three quarters is twenty-five uh, percent, as we all know. If you listen to the Besotted podcast, we've got our maths completely on point here. I'm going to say as well because there was a substitution in the game where uh, Nico Inaris came on. Remember, yes, Nico, yes, yes. and when when Nico came on, and listen, Nico, we normally bring him on to actually put some energy in the game and a burst into the game. But when Nico came on, we actually seemed to fall apart. Our tactics, the midfield, we just completely yeah. lost the game there, didn't we? It's, it's not being funny, but it's, um, there's a couple of games recently where the substitutions have worked an absolute treat, and there's a couple of games recently where they've actually been a disaster. And I, I, I don't... I, I actually... I put my hand on my heart. I don't think actually it's Dean Smith's fault. I, I, I think it's that the players haven't had the impact that, that they want, that he wants. You know, the... the the, the substitutes at QPR, they, they didn't work. Um, substitutes against, what was the game afterwards? Fulham did work. Um, it, it seems a bit hit and miss. And I, I, th- I think it's actually the players' forms hit and miss. And I, I, I think, you, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it, do, it doesn't look brilliant on Dean Smith some of the time. But, you know, he's, he's playing with inexperienced players at, you know, they're on the learning curve. And I, and I'm I'm a bit reluctant to I'm a bit, I'm still a bit reluctant to, to ball him out on it and um, you know I think it's all, it's all you know again it's all about next year I thought it was about this year but it's all about next year. This is again I'm not this is not balling anybody out like I said I mean if you're at the whole game it's 49 minutes as Glenn Smith said it wasn't very difficult at all he said we had only you know we'd only lost one in 13 games 49 minutes it was fine then uh, uh, as you said Grosicki came in scored a wonder goal. You know, as he said, you know, oh, he'd probably never score another goal like that in his life, which I think is probably a little bit unfair. Next time, next time yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think it's unfair. But you, you know what the context behind that is. He scored a goal, which is like nine times out of ten it wouldn't have gone, but it's gone in. But all of a sudden, we, um, we, we fell apart. And this is, this is where the point is, because Smith has he's pointed this out and he's turned around and he said, listen, Brentford have fallen apart at the point that they've scored a wonder goal. Now, whether or not, as I said this on the podcast, were we just too cold? And we thought, I can't be no, dealing with this anymore. No, it, it, there was, Saturday was exactly like the very early part of the season where the ball was cleared and it fell to the man on the edge of the area who lashed it home and the ball went straight in. We, we were finding that. Look at the Nottingham Forest. It was similar to the Nottingham Forest game. Every chance they had, they scored. 
It wasn't about the um, Brentford falling apart. It was about Hull getting some, some, luck. some, yeah, some luck, and he just just brought the, the the team out. You know, they thought, oh, right, we've got a goal, we're back in this, and they just went for it. New manager, you know, the whole King Caboodle. They're good players, you know, they're experienced. They they saw us on 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 the rack, and they just went for it. But I still love the fact that one-one. Our view is let's go and get a second goal. You know, and if we want to hold on to leads, and it's a very sort of lazy phrase to say we're losing. It's a fact we're losing leads. But you know, you could sit back and defend the lead. If you could sit back and say we're going to protect one-one, and we don't, we try and score a second goal. And if you really want, to, if if your if your aim is go one up and protect the lead, which is what a lot of these conversations seem to be around, then you have a change of tactic. You step back. Like Derby County, and I'm going to say this because we played Derby County, and they very much protected their lead, didn't they? I mean, is that what is that what people want us to do? I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you know, at the moment, what what we do is we try and get a second goal. And I like personally, I like that, and I can see why people get absolutely frustrated, including me, when we you know you travel away and you throw away throw away inverted commas leads. But we try and win that game. It's a different tactic to protect a lead. And when people say you're throwing it away, we're actually trying a second goal and letting the goal rather than not sitting back, putting behind the ball, defending the corners. We're not Man City. We're not, you know, the best players in the world in Europe defending that. You know, we're, we're young and experienced players doing well. And I, I'm, I'm pleased to see us trying to win a game and accepting that we probably need to balance somewhere in the middle. I'm, I'm going to be consistent here. I'm, I'm really not going to. I'm not going to change my tune with the wind, and I'm going to stick my neck out as I've done for the last three years or four years, and say I am happy watching my team play and learning from the mistakes. But then, although some people shouting at me now, they're not learning by the mistakes. But they're, they're, it's, a, it's a it's a different it's a different. We've replaced players with other players, other young players. I'm I'm really delighted watching this Brentford and I'm not going to get bored with it anytime soon and I believe that we will learn season on season from our mistakes and I think we will get it right sooner rather than later and that will put us in an amazing position I'm just not gonna I, I just don't, I don't I'm, 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 I'm tired of, of, of trying to reshuffle the pack every, every three years we're, we're almost there we're almost there Again, and we say we're almost there. I mean, I'm, again, I, we talked about this a lot. I mean, it's a very long train journey on the way back. It's a very good train journey. It's a very fun journey on the way back. It's a big, 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 big party it was on the way train. But you got the whole trains back on the way back from from Hull. It's direct. Um, and we had a right laugh. There was all sorts of partying going on. Well, wasn't if, if you've ever, if, if you saw that documentary on on Channel Four about um, how how obnoxious football fans can be. Uh, going to away games this was the opposite of that we were there was plenty of caravan of love and it was and there was plenty much red wine and cheese and it was it was all about making friends it wasn't about and all the passengers the passengers were joining in as well, well the, the conductress she yeah. said she she hugged us as we got off the train she said my god i wish all football fans could be like you and and, and she was just and talking, not, she was talking you, to me she talking about, no, 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 she yeah, me. Right. no she meant me she meant me she looked at the carriage of about sort of 35 40 brentford fans oh, so like i said to me. you you know bow your heads brentford fans as we say which is all good you know what i'm saying like i said what are you talking about the conductress the conductress She's, um, can you can you ask her to leave my house? So 350 podcasts. Hey, celebration! Hey. 
everyone's so excited. They're still dancing on the tables in the corner there as well. The character we spoke to earlier, to be quite honest with you, he's all over the place. You know what I'm saying? He's, uh, leave him to it, to be quite honest with you. I've never been, seen a character so happy. You see the smile on his face? not seen a smile on his, anyone's face since a hotel in Denmark. Yeah. We will move on from that anyway. Listen, but listen, 350 podcasts. 350 moments, 350. I mean, we'll talk about 350. I mean, Laney, um, just tell me, Brentford-related, can you think of, I mean, 350, 350? I mean, players have played 350 games with Brentford. Well, just off the top of my head? Yes. Um, oh, I can, funny enough, yeah. <laughs> I can. Russell. Yeah, that's right, Russell Russell. Oh, um, apparently, apparently, just off the top of my head, there's been six post-war players who've made more than 350 league appearances for Brentford. Um, the figure in brackets, off the top of my head, includes league, in, includes cup games. Top of that list, Mr. Ken Coote. 514 league games for Brentford, in total 559, which even by my maths is, is, le- is, more, is less than 350. Peter Gelson, 468 and three subs. 516 in total. Jamie Bates, talk about Bates, yeah, talk about, yeah, Jamie Bates, him indeed. In total, 524. Tommy Higginson, 435. Jackie Graham, 409. And Super King Kev O'Connor, 501. The others that have done 350 plus. Keith Millen, 379. Jerry Cakebread, 374. Danny Salmon, 371. Alan Nelms, exactly 350. Now they, that is a roll call. These people who who mostly are on the Brentford roll call of, you know, the honour list, they need plaques. We need to have memorable, um, like lasting memories on the houses where these people live just where there's blue plaques everywhere you go in London you know it says some you know I don't know Pam Ayres lived here for three minutes and she has a blue plaque on on some house in Feltham and she you know that that's that's what we need we need red and white plaques where Harry Curtis lived in Boston Manor we need a blue plaque we need a red and white plaque where Stan Bowles lived we need a red and white plaque where Brentford changing rooms at the Plough pub and then the Griffin pub we need plaques there one over the eight where Brentford was founded pretty much we need a plaque there so there needs to be a heritage trail what other plaques do you think there should be the Dutchman Brentford memorial plaques I think there should be a plaque um, probably somewhere down in the town of Northampton where most of the fighting was done I think that would be quite good to commemorate that um or returns for you in my house where uh, Andy McCulloch cleaned my carpet yesterday. Lovely, wonderful man. Didn't do 350 appearances, but did quite a lot for us. And a plaque to celebrate what a wonderful job he did. What a wonderful job. And the Sav? Uh, I think we should have one at uh, Craven Cottage just to uh, just to keep, to keep keep the memories of the full one superb victory with Hosser in the last minute, etc., etc. Uh, but I think we can also have one in the uh, the Polish centre in Hammersmith, where I once saw Detsy Krasinski. Having a cup of coffee. Nice one. And I also think there ought to be a red and white plaque in the Vatican where um, Graham Taylor, he went to Rome to see the Pope. And this is what he said, Bill. 
and, and, and Savage beat me because that full one was absolutely teething tremendous. But for me, I mean, if you're going to have if you're going to have plaques and they're going to be memorials, I mean, at the end of the day, Brentford did nothing for years and years and years. But the years that we actually did do something, we should have plaques. So we should technically have a plaque in Peterborough. So we should have a red and white plaque in Peterborough, so that the Peterborough fans look at that and go, ah, the Brentford fans. They uh, yeah, they 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 Darlington as well. Yeah, they won they won the league here. Then we should have a plaque in uh, Cambridge. That'd be brilliant, actually. You know what I'm saying we should have a boater hat on that one as well, and you know maybe have one on the river when we were punting down. You know before the, before that as well. Yeah, we were punting down the river, so we should have a plaque in Cambridge as well for when we won the league in Cambridge, and then we should have one in Darlington. Because apparently we won the league in Darlington. So we won the league in Darlington as well. So we should have a plaque in Darlington. So three red and white plaques in those places as well. So if any Breeze fans... Again, that's not like recent history. So, you know, this is part of the historical um, project. I spoke to Ron Cooper after the project management, um, the project consultancy meeting. Like a couple the of project consultancy meeting on the new stadium, on you the mean? new stadium. And um, I, we, we talked about, we talked loosely about this. But this is, you know, we're talking about like 1970s onwards. Obviously, it goes back in time, and we don't want to, you know, we're not going to sort of like dilute what happened in the 1920s. So these these plaques should be in a lot of places, and I, and I think, you know, leaving Griffin Park is is all about like tipping your hat to your history, and I think you know we, we need to do it properly. Indeed, we should do it as well. And just just coming back to you, the Dutchman, as well, because I'm not trying to sort of deviate from the plaque. Scenario, but we've talked about that sort of quite a lot, and I think you know we need to put that in established place. But Andy McCulloch, we're talking about him. Uh, he was cleaning your carpets at the weekend, so Andy McCulloch, he, he's, he's entered into a new career as well. I'm, I'm just wondering, any other Brentford players that we know that have entered into a clear career that which is slightly um, different to obviously than playing the playing football. Um, there was a rumour going around, I saw um, um, Iger Anderson a couple of days ago, he tweeted a photograph or he Facebooked a photograph of Martin Granger, who uh, we've been trying to track down for one of our socials as well. And the rumour that we heard was Martin Granger was a train driver. Uh, I'm not sure how, how, how 100% that true that is, but yeah, the Martin Granger is back on the scene, apparently, which is all good. So maybe he might turn up at a, an event near you here today as well. Laney, do you know of any Beast players who... Uh, I've, I've gone into sort of kind of slightly left field um, post-match football scenarios. I think um, I heard that Harley Dean was a waiter. In no, no, no. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Let's have some, 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 some factual things and not things that you're just going to be making up. Like I was saying. About Yotta, he's... Um... No, no, no. no, no. Savvy B. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> no, no, Charlie, uh, what we did as well, I think Lou, Lou oh, Lord yeah, Lucan. Char- Charlie Ied apparently is a removal man. Lord Lucan said that he he came down to his house and he removed some bits and pieces from his house. Apparently, one time removed. How yeah. do you mean? No, no, he, he was a, he, as a removals person. You know, he did. You know, so but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, allegedly. I'm saying so. It's good. But listen. Um, I heard that um, Colin was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. No, no, that's right. No, listen, listen, listen. Let's forget Birmingham City now. Let's just put it to another. Sorry, but listen, it's it's. Blue placard idea or red and white placard idea is also is very good. Um, how do you think we can? What well, I say, activate this. It sounds very marketing, doesn't oh, it? Like, how yeah. can we activate this? Maybe we need to activate this by thinking of some sort of dental hygiene, where like plaque, and you need to go and visit the dentist. No, 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 no. no. How can we get this going? We need to. Um, we, we need to. I, I need to speak to Ron Cooper a little bit more. Um, and he, he's, he's got a bit between his teeth and, you know, put the, the, there's Brentford historians 
um, people that have written books about Brentford, there's people that have got collections. We need to kind of like combine everyone's knowledge, everyone's enthusiasm. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of, maybe it's um, a Heritage Lottery Trust bid but we, we, we need to we need to get the, the, I know that I know I actually know the club are on board with this they, they they want Griffin Park remembered properly I think this is part of a bigger project and I, I think that we've got the right people that have got the enthusiasm there it's about expanding it so we've probably got three or four years to, to do this right so if anyone's got any ideas of where red and white plaque should be then let, you know, let us know besotted1992 at gmail.com or you can get to Facebook besotted and also go to Twitter which is besotted yeah, and no. you can actually put your ideas no, in some, there as we've well. had some silly ideas but you know the serious ones too I like that it's definitely the official you know the official laney route which would be great I kind of quite like this sort of Banksy undercover type idea you know I like the fact that the one at Fulham will just be waking up in the morning and it's there I think there's definitely there's the official campaign to recognise Griffin Park and all those good things and there's the undercover stuff where these things just appear overnight in locations of our choice so if there are any uh, graffiti artists from Brentford we're not telling you that you should go to Fulham and spray paint their ground with an unofficial plaque but if it does appear um, in the next few weeks it has nothing to do with this podcast so as we come up to Christmas, are we all feeling very Christmassy? Are you feeling Christmassy? Oh Christ, yeah. Uh, you're looking, you're looking very Christmassy as well. Savvy, you're feeling very Christmassy. I am very, very Christmassy. I've even got my poncetta in front of me. Poncetta. Lovely, lovely. The Dutch. Hat. Are you feeling uh, Christ- Christmassy? I'm feeling it, Billy. I'm feeling it. I'm very Christmassy. Looking forward to Christmas. And looking forward to Aston Villa on Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Aston Villa on Boxing Day as well, because Aston Villa on Boxing Day has been a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a predicament. There's been a bit of a divide amongst Brentford fans. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Aston Villa on Boxing Day was a two o'clock kickoff on Boxing Day. Then all of a sudden Sky got their fingers into it and they thought, ooh, Aston Villa. Brentford's just down the road. That means that we don't have to go very far. We could just go down the road, we can do this game, and then we, uh, we, we can come back, and then we're not too far from where our office is. So all of a sudden, the game was moved to a 7.30 kickoff, and there's a lot of people that are very unhappy because they think that that 7.30 Boxing Day game, or Boxing Day slot, is a sacred spot for people. And there shouldn't be football. There shouldn't be football on that time. And it caused a lot of grief, didn't it? Yeah, um, it, it it could it may as well be like eleven thirty at night. To be honest with you, it's um, it's it's really antisocial for me, um, and I, I don't I don't I don't even begin to pretend that I'm speaking on behalf of all Brentford fans. For every one, it 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 doesn't suit. There's probably one it does, but it it doesn't suit me, and um, I'm, I'm I'm almost certainly not going. And I, I I've not I've not missed. I've not missed a home game for probably five years, so um, and that was only one in a in a in a streak of probably fifteen years. So um, yeah, it, it it doesn't suit me at all, and I'm I'm not going to make I'm not, my, my fa- if it was earlier in the day, the whole of my family would go, um, and that's everyone, and then where it is at the moment, none of my family would go. So there's probably eight that won't go. 
and um, so I got, God only knows what kind of crowd it will be. I don't know. Are we going to ask about that? And what I'm going to say, and we talked about this a couple of weeks before on the podcast. What we'll emphasise as well is that the club has said that you know the game was moved from a two o'clock to a seven thirty game for TV, which they had no control of. And also the fact is that they said that you know the the money that comes in for that game, which is a hundred thousand pound plus, we cannot really afford as Brentford teams like Brentford to turn that down. Because at the end of the day, you know, when we're losing ten million pounds a year, we need to look at these things. So at the end of the day, is that the football league put these dates in, and we just have to to go with it. Let's let's be honest. You know, there's not one Brentford club employee, you know, not players aside, not one Brentford club employee, not one steward, not one turnstile operator, not one program seller, not one anyone that wants to work on Boxing Day evening. So, you know, our, our thoughts are with all of those people too. We're not criticising the club per se because, you know, they, got, they can only do what they have to do. We, we, they're, they're, they've got their arms twisted. They, there's, nothing, there's nothing they can do. But, you know, but, you know we're, we're there supporting people that are on minimum wage, that are doing, doing what they have to do to, to survive. And these people are going to be told they have to turn up for work on Boxer Day evening. To, to facilitate this fixture, and this, and this is what Sky is culpable for. It's you know, it's making it, it's making it really antisocial for the people that have to work and the and the fans that don't really want to go or watch. And it's interesting you say that about Sky because again. Uh, um, I spoke to the club about it and they told us what their position was which I accepted tipped the hat and I said okay that's fair enough I understand that the club say it's out of our control and also the financial scenario is if they say to us we're going to give you 100 grand as Brentford we need to do that so um, I as part of the FSF delegation we actually had a meeting with the Football League we had a meeting with the Football League a couple of weeks ago and it's quite interesting it was a part of a very very long meeting we talked about lots of other stuff very positive meeting to be fair with you and by the end of the meeting I actually brought this up and I talked to the Football League and I said to them um, we have a scenario about this game has been moved to a uh, 7.30 kickoff on Boxing Day and we're not very happy about it and you know it seems to be getting to the phase that there's so many games happening and um, football clubs are just forced into playing games into, into, into times which to be quite honest with you aren't really suitable to fans. The answer that I got back for the Football League was two things. They said that we have a contract. They've got a contract with Sky and they have to fulfil it, which I understand. And the contract includes, I think it was about 160 slots. And this was one of the slots. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. So basically what happens is that it's these slots are there. They put these slots in. And we just have to deal with it. The argument I, I said to the football league, I said, that's great. But last year, or the last contract, it was maybe 90. It's now 160. The next one will be 250. The next one will be 500. It keeps on getting more and more and more. You put these slots in, that you put them in, then you have to, you basically do a contract where you, you create loads of slots, you get more money, you get the money in, and then you think, oh no, where we can put the games? Oh, let's put Boxing Day, let's put Christmas Day, let's put Easter Sunday. Let's just put all these days in, because at the end of the day, you have to actually create these slots, and it becomes more and more and more, and you just end up having to deal with it. And I said, when's it going to stop? When is this going to stop? It'll carry on going on and on. The fans don't get anything back from it, because at the end of the day, you have to fulfil the contracts, but you don't give anything back to the fans. And uh, we need to, we, we, you know, this needs to be addressed. They've been, they've been a bit clever, though, Bill. 
for the last last year it was Newcastle. This year it's you know, and it is Newcastle. They've, they've targeted Newcastle. This year they've targeted Aston Villa. It's nothing about Brentford. They've not targeted Brentford. They've looked at Villa, and they and and they and they've said right, we, we've got two slots that no one really wants to watch football. Who are going to watch the most football? And they and they pick those. It, it, equally, it will be Leeds or it will be Sunderland, and it'll be it, it'll always feature one. It's never that game is never ever ever going to be Brentford versus Barnsley. Yeah, it, it's, it's never going to be those two. That it'll always be a massive club and someone else. Uh, again, and, and it's interesting, I'll come back to you, Sav, as well. The other question, and, and I did post to the Football League, I said to them, um, there's about 25 people sitting around in this meeting, and I said to them, look, this is all cool, and you've put this slot in here, but I'm going to ask you, you're all sitting around the table, and you're all football fans here, how many of you are going to be watching Brentford versus Aston Villa on a Boxing Day? And to be fair, they put their hands up and they said, well, not very many of us. And it just it just kind of throws to you. I'm just saying to you, there should be some black spots within football where things should not be allowed. And this is one of the games where it should not be allowed. There are certain spots, but it's getting to the stage with football. With so much money flying around, they put they just put football anywhere and then they make the football clubs accept it. And OK, Brentford, they can't turn it down. But the problem, the reason why they can't turn it down is because the money's there and the slots are there. If the if these black spots were there, if the black spots were there, then they wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to deal with it. The money, you said £100,000, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but if you knock £3,000 off the gate and the average admission is 20 quid, you've, that's 600 grand you've lost. Six, 60 grand, sorry. You're 60, hey, we're good at maths, some person. <laughs> Join the club. Um, that's 60,000. So, you know, the difference is not as big as you think. And I've no idea what the crowd will be. And you know, some people we speak to prefer it being at 7.30 but it depends on your personal circles but the general assumption is, is the crowd will be less and I think even the TV bit for me is even more right? that people who not only can't go to the game probably aren't going to watch it because most of the people I spoke to not only can they not watch it at 7.30 live they probably can't watch it on the TV either so I'm not sure what that audience is I mean I'd love to see the viewing figures for you know for, for that game that, that, re- that, that actually does like resonate with me so massively because like you know, I've decided that it's not worth the grief. It's not. It's not. It's not worth the. It's not really worth the, the situation for me to um, not be with the kids and the family and my, you know, my in-laws and and whatever. Not my in-laws, but my, but my 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 sort of my 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 brother-in-law and all that kind of stuff. Um, on a, on a couple of days that they're over here from from abroad. And so that you know, this is my personal circumstances. But then, I've, then if I'm not going to be at the game, obviously I want to watch it. I've then got to impose my evening on them in 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 the Boxing Day scenario. So I need to either take myself away from all of those and just for two hours watch. Brentford while they're doing their Boxing Day thing, or make them all watch it, and that's you know it's, it's it's selfish. It's selfish on many levels. There, you know, if we if we're talking about you know if you if you're taking the week in week outness of our Brentford, this Boxing Day thing is is kind of is, is sacrosanct to our to our Christmas, isn't it? You know, you got Christmas Day, and you you know you look at the you know the big book of Brentford that's your big book of Griffin Park has just come out. 
all the way through those early years, you're, we're playing football on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, home and away. Preston at home on Christmas Day, Preston away on Boxing Day. But yeah, but but fans weren't expected to go to both. But and then you turn up on ten thirty, eleven o'clock on on a Christmas Day morning. You you do your presents, you go to your football, and then you come back to your lunch. This was very traditional, very, very traditional. Men weren't expected to be at home cooking the dinner. They would go off and watch the football. Very, very different era to where now the whole family goes to the football on Boxing Day. It's, it, you know, it's a lovely, it's, a, it's something that should be celebrated, taking your family to football. Well, it's interesting, again, you talk about this being celebrated. We are talking about plaques earlier. We were talking about heritage. We are talking about tradition. We are talking about, you know, what things should or shouldn't be. And the thing about it is that, you know, you could turn around and say, oh, well, football's not about this. And we need to move. But the fact is that sometimes you've got to put your foot down and say, look, this is what we're about. This is this is what the club's about. This is what we believe in. This is what we're going to do. Because if you just start, like go from left to right and go all over the place, then you've got no real values. And sometimes you've got to turn around. I'm not saying the club, but somebody has to turn around and say, this is what the values and this is what's about. In other countries, they do it. In other countries, they'll turn around and say, this is sacrosanct. This is what we won't do. This is what we will do. Um, it seems like, listen, money, yeah, say money is not our God or money is our God, but the fact is that it seems that money, you throw a bit of money in there and everyone goes, that's brilliant. But the problem with when you throw more money into it, you throw more money into it, then you have more demands that are put into the pot and you double the demands, you triple the demands. And after a while, when you get the football going, oh, we're not happy with the crowds, we're not happy with the atmosphere. We're not. It's like something does give. And you you have to have a balance between all these things. Because at the end of the day, one thing I'll say to you, and we said we discussed this a bit earlier, lovely throwing more money into the pot. So at the end of the day, if Brentford or Sheffield Wednesday or whoever get double the money or triple the money from the television, they throw it into the pot. Doesn't mean you get better players. At the end of the day, Hotto is on 40 grand a week. If Birmingham got more TV money... Hotter will get 60 grand a week. He's still the same player. And same thing at Brentford or wherever it may be. So sometimes we need to... Unfortunately, they're ruining it. So so the the TV are ruining it. They're like sharks. So what's going to happen is we'll have a Christmas Christmas break. And then... So there won't be any football at all at Christmas, and that—that's the way to decide this. We do what we do, what some of the other we do, what Spain do, we do what Germany do, and we have have, Denmark. Yeah, we'll have, have a window where there is no football. But it's not, it's not saying we don't want to watch football at Christmas. It's saying we don't want football to dictate our Christmas. I just like to say Yotter isn't the same player anymore. Just to clarify your earlier point. Well, for me, it's like you know, did Jesus die in vain? I mean, this is Boxing Day. This no, is this is saying <laughs> this is sacrosanct, and I think Boxing Day evening is just a really stupid time to put football on. It was in Nazareth. But when <laughs> shut up, Dave. But when when Dave was talking about the the people at Griffin Park having to go out and work on Boxing Day evening, I think you you need to look at the other side. This is Sky saying to their staff, you don't have to travel very far. Yeah, you're in Isleworth. You can just pop down the road. You can you can do the Brentford game, and it did, and I think it's just luck that they got Aston Villa. I mean, it, it could have been pretty much anyone, but I suspect, and I think uh, Ali Milali has pointed this out years ago, 
And she said that Sky do this. When it's a bank holiday or something like that, Sky will go to Brentford more, more than likely. Well, the prime example was last year, the Norwich game, which is on New Year's Eve, which I spoke to some Norwich fans actually at the Football League meeting, which they were absolutely screwing. They said, oh, my God, our New Year's Eve was absolutely screwed up. But we were told at the time that Sky executives thought New Year's Eve, we only have to go like 10 minutes down the road, we can cover the Brentford game, and then we still got a New Year's Eve. Yeah, just, just, just one more practicality. We, we're joking and laughing about rightly or wrong. There is no transport on Boxing Day, and this game now finishes at ten o'clock in the evening. You know, people have actually practically got to get home at ten o'clock in the evening. So, for all our, you know, ruining our parties, and our Christmas, and our families, etc., practically we cannot get back from that game at ten o'clock unless you live locally. Unless you want to go on a bus, and it will take you. A, you, you won't be. You won't get home in time. I mean, that's the thing, right? So. If I, if I go to, so assuming I want to go to the game, assuming that my family wants to go to the game, I can't have a drink all day. And it's not saying like alcohol ruin, rules my life, but it's Christmas. It's Christmas. So you, you, can't have a, you can't have a beer at all all day. You have to drive to the game, and then you have to drive back from the game. You don't know who's going to be there. It is, it's a complete and utter random day. You don't know. I don't, I don't know what that game's going to be like. What we'll say as well is that we know that there's some people that will say 7.30 kickoff suits them better, and other people say, oh, no, it doesn't suit them better. And you've, got, you've got that tugging, tugging, toing and froing, so people will go out there and say, oh, this is brilliant for us. But what you forget about that, what you have to look at is the overall concept. Because at the end of the day, like as we said to you, this kickoff may suit you better, but the QPR on a Monday night may not suit you better, or there's other games that not suit you better. Look at the overall concept as to say, is this right? For me, I'm saying that you know this game for me doesn't suit me, but I might say it suits me better. But the overall concept is wrong, and if the overall concept is wrong, that's what we need to concentrate on as to what it does does for you personally. And for me, I'm just going to say for myself as well. For me, I, I'm actually down in Brighton. For that time, for that for that period of time, I'm in Brighton for a whole week, and I negotiated with my other half to come up for the day on Boxing Day, if it was a two o'clock kickoff. But all of a sudden, the seven thirty kickoff doesn't suit me personally. So for me, unfortunately, I've had to turn down this game. I'm going to turn it down. I'm not going to go. You know, which is quite rare for me not to go to a home game as well. But I can't do it for my family because I said I'm going to go for two game finishes at four. I'll drive back and I'll be back by six o'clock. We'll have the evening together. But all of a sudden that doesn't do it. Now, at the end of the day, it may be right for some other people. It might be right for the club and they think, oh, other people can come. It doesn't really matter about you. But the, the scenario is that I personally believe there should be some black spots within the game. And within TV, within football, where certain things should not happen. And Boxing Day evening should be a black spot. And people should support it. And I think that Brentford Football Club, the Football League, the AFL, um, all other clubs should come around there and say, listen, Sky, thank you very much for your money. However, these spots are black spots. But unfortunately, they don't do that. They just let them do what they want. And I think that is very, very, very bad. But in the meantime, um, anyone that fancies coming around my house on Boxing Day evening... Um, if you're female, is um, more than welcome. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Listen, we got Barnsley on Saturday. Teams like Barnsley. Let's listen to where what's going on with the Barnsley game at the weekend. So Saturday, Brentford had their last home game before Christmas. And of course, our opposition had their last away game before Christmas. We've got Barnsley coming down to Griffin Park. Teams like Barnsley, as they say. And... Uh, We've been having a so-so time this season, but we thought, let's catch up with a man who knows everything that's going on in Barnsley, Carlo, 
from the Ridge Report. Carla, how are you doing? Uh, well, I'd like to say I'm all right, but being the fun I am, uh, fair to middling, let's put it that way. Okay, yeah, fair to middling. <laughs> I mean, like I said, you guys, you came down a couple of seasons ago, you uh, confounded the odds last season, everyone predicted you to go straight down, and you had a really good season last season, playing some really good football, you had some really good players, you sold a few players, and even though you sold them, you still carried on doing your thing. This season hasn't quite been going according to plan, has it? Uh, no. So, um, summer of 2017 saw Paul Hackingbottom bringing 17 new players, and um, all of those players were from League 2 or League 1, none of them any experience in the Championship, and, and besides those players, uh, he brought in um, three loan players. So on loan, we've got a lad from uh, Everton, Joe Williams, who plays in midfield. We've got uh, Harvey Barnes from Leicester, who plays on the wing, and Ike Okbu uh, from Chelsea, who's a striker. And all three performed extremely well in the summer for the uh, junior England sides. Um, and initially, um, you know, we settled the season sort of like, okay, a bit of a slow start, but, you know, we, we won a few games, we won away, we did okay. Um, and then I think it, it just all started going really, really wrong. So the last point we picked up was on the 18th of November, um, where we played away at Norwich, and, and it was a 1-1. Uh, but in our last six matches, um, we've scored two and conceded, I think, 14 goals. And, and that's very much the tale of, of, of the Dante side at, at, at the moment. And, and Paul Hackenbottom himself has, um, has admitted in, in, in the press conferences that, um, you know, for some of the lads, they, 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 you know, some growing up needs to be done. And, and on more than one occasion, we've seen opposing sides pick the ball up in midfield, go on a 30-yard run, shoot and score. And, you know, that, that, that shouldn't really happen. So it's, um, I think he's still looking for his best 11, to be perfectly fair. Um, a lot of the times we're playing with one striker up front and find ourselves 2-0 down at half-time and even then change information is a little bit too late. So, um, you know, if, if, if you look at the, at the sort of form table, lost the last five and uh, drew one in the last six and the last couple of results, you know, we lost at home 3-0 against Derby, away 3-1 against Bolton, away 3-0 against Reading and that gives you sort of like a... Well, a bit of the story, I suppose. Yeah, and also, I mean, looking at your results, I mean, the teams that you've beat, you've beaten Forest, you've beaten Sunderland, you've beaten Millwall, you've beaten Burton, I think you've beaten Birmingham City, all the, that's the teams that you've beaten in the league. So it kind of sets a little pattern there as well. You know, not saying, yeah. you know, Forest are, you know, they're doing all right. Um, you're finding it difficult when you're playing the teams who are, as they say at the moment, in the top six. Um, yeah. As to say, all the teams that, you know, that, that you've beaten are teams that are sort of either around you or maybe below you as well. Yeah, it's been. Um, it's always said that you know, if, if a team comes to, to come to Opel and we play a team that that plays football, uh, we normally up our game a little bit. Um, but it's 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 just not happening. Um, and 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 it's 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 silly mistakes that are being made that are costing us matches. And 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 as a best example, I suppose I can give is if if you look back at um, Barnsley a couple of seasons ago. Um, you know, the, 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 the sort of season we went up. Um, Alfie Mawson, who I'm sure at Brentford you'll remember well, was uh, an ever-present in our back four and next to him with a local lad, Mark Roberts. Um, Alfie Mawson was sold to Swansea. We brought in uh, a, 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 a defender, uh, Angus McDonald. And uh, last year, we sort of, you know, came through, did okay. Um, we then sold Roberts to Birmingham on a five-year contract, so obviously he went, and suddenly Angus McDonald found himself 
captain of, of, of Barnsley. But, you know, he, fair enough, he's been ill the last couple of weeks, but before that he was taken out of the side purely on performances. And I think um, not having a settled back four has then had an impact on our keeper as well, who's perfectly fair, uh, has made some errors. And, and, and the admission itself is that, you know, he's not really being pushed. I think he's played 99 games straight almost for Barnsley. Um, our backup keeper was sent out on loan to try and get some sort of, you know, uh, match, match fitness under his belt. So, um, yeah, it's all going a little bit pitong at the moment. But the Barnsley fans are hoping for that this is our bad half of the season. And um, after Christmas, uh, we take off how we usually play and maybe, you know, perhaps win a match or two as well. Yeah, no, I hear that. I'd like to say as well, because there's, some people say there's similarities between Barnsley and Brentford. As they say, teams like Barnsley, as we say, teams like Brentford, you know, we're both yeah. unfashionable sides in the division. Everyone feels that they should be beating teams like Barnsley and teams like Brentford. Uh, what you do is that you um, pick up players who are unknown players or players from lower divisions. You develop them and then you make them better. Then something inevitably comes and they buy them off you. And also, you actually play some quite decent football, you know. And, and like I said to you, there's some similarities. I mean, that's, that's worked for you over the past years, hasn't it? Um, it has. So, you know, the, the, the story is that... Um, uh, a few years ago, on the Lee, jo- uh, Lee, uh, Lee Johnson, who was at that time head coach of Barnsley, uh, we went on a run of eight straight defeats, and he sat down with the owner of Barnsley, Patrick Klein, who was a, a local man, and, and they came up with a, a DNA for the club that was um, to, to, to bring on young, almost unproven players, uh, that they can cut the teeth in the championship, and uh, you know we make them better, and we sell, to sell them on, and that would become a model that we become self-sustainable. Um, I think it's fair to say that over the last few years, players like Conor Hodahan, um, I suppose Alfie Mawson, the best example so far, a lad from our own academy, John Stones, obviously for big money, sort of moved on. So that's worked. Um, Mark Roberts went to, um, went to Birmingham and we got quite some money for him. Um, and I, I think what's happened is that these players turn around quite quick. And, and at this moment in time, we, found us, we, we find ourselves with a side that, there's almost no experience. So if, if you look, if, if you remember Barnsley going to, to Griffin Park last season, the players that we've still got playing now, Adam Davies, who plays in goal, Angus McDonald, although I think he's still out because he was injured and then ill, and um, Adam Hamill. And Adam Hamill hasn't started the last two or three matches. Um, Andy Yidem, um he's sort of in and out the side because we very much expect Andy Yidem to move in January as a, a, a move to Huddersfield fell through for him. Um, at the end of the last transfer period, so we sort of came back and then really had to prove himself to get back in the side. So um, it, it, it's almost like every time we play anywhere, it, it's a new side every year. And, and, and you look at these lads, I think we've got the youngest squad in this division, and that's a really nice stat to give to opposing fans. Um, but it doesn't get you any points, does it? So it's very much a long-term project. Most of the lads that brought in are on three- or four-year contracts, um, which is good, whereas before we've made the mistake of offering two-year contracts, a player becomes, you know, almost like a top-rated player for us and leaves on the free, so obviously that didn't work. Um, but as a fan, it's frustrating because we know we can play football, we know we can play good football, and we've seen that in some performances uh, this season. But over the last six weeks, it, it's just gone a little bit wrong. And, um, you know, letting goals in and not scoring any um, does no good for the self-confidence especially when you've got 19 and 20-year-old lads putting on that red shirt every Saturday and every Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, we're, um, something needs to happen for this to be turned around. Um, I've heard 
that hopefully by the end of this week, Paul Heckingbottom, the head coach, will sign a new deal to stay at the club. And the rumoured takeover is, um, again, rumoured to be in the final stages, um, which hopefully will see some money being, uh, you know, being pumped into the club. The DNA will stay the same, um, but maybe we're able to offer better wages to players so we don't, you know, necessarily have to let them go. So it's a, it's a bit of a transitional period. And, you know, I'm sure every club in the championship at this moment is it's probably a really good time to play Barnsley because, you know, we find ourselves, I think, four points from safety at the bottom. And, um, you know, no winning six, surely if you're a Brentford fan, you, you know, you, you fancy the chances on Saturday. Yeah, and, and just coming back to the takeover, you know, the Chinese takeover, you've got some Chinese consortiums looking to take over Barnsley. Interestingly, that consortium was um, rumoured to have been sniffing around Brentford about six months ago as well. Yeah. Um, some yeah. news came to us from our Chinese sources saying that was the case. And they're sniffing around us, and all of a sudden they sort of disappeared. I think they leaked the story to the newspapers, to the Sun, I think it was. Then they sort of disappeared off, and the next minute they've come and they've gone on Barnsley as well. And uh, um, from what I can gather from a few fans, we speak to the West Ham Box guys and a few other guys, and they say um, that it kind of unsettled Barnsley as well, because what happens is that it's meant to be happening, but it hasn't happened, and it's kind of sort of seemed to unsettle the club as well this season. Is that right? It, it, it has. So the situation at the moment is that our owner is terminally ill. Um, that was uh, made public earlier this year. He's got uh, cancer of the colon. Um, he's been to some matches, but, but not to all of them. And he'd really like the, the, the club sold, so his family is not, in his words, stuck with something that he had a real passion about. Um, years gone by, um, the owner and his grandson uh, came under enormous criticism when we went on losing runs. And his grandson since says he didn't want to take over from his, his granddad. Um, so he was looking for somebody to be interested in Barnsley, but he didn't want, um, he, he wanted the DNA to, to stay the same. If this takeover doesn't go through, um, uh, we did an interview a couple of weeks ago with the CEO, because of the people that we have brought in, we've, we've not spent a lot of money. So we have got money in the bank, and we are self-sustainable. We haven't got a big debt, um, which is great news on the business front. As a fan, losing six matches in a row, you can understand people saying, well, maybe we should pay a little bit more and we don't find ourselves. But it's fair to say that because Paul Hackingbottom can't comment on any takeover, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. It does unsettle players, definitely. Yeah, it can. So listen, coming to Saturday, we've got two teams that like to play decent football. And we're both very similar in the fact that we both leak goals, OK? Um, yep. It's actually only teams like Birmingham, like Burton, Sunderland, ironically Hull, who we couldn't even beat on Saturday, and Bolton are worse than us in sort of leaking goals. Um, the good thing about us is that we actually score goals as well, and, and you seem to be a little struggling on scoring goals. So I'm just wondering, you know, that's stopped us from the wolves snapping at our heels. How do you think this match is going to pan out? Um, it's really hard. We have had, but it's no excuse because every club's had. We've had a lot of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, um, so we've, ha we've had to make changes. Um, lately, we've seen um, Mamadou Tiam starting... Uh, a lot more for Barnsley. This is a, 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 a player we bought from France. Our CEO is a, is a Frenchman, and, and sort of they brought him to the club. Um, we've seen flashes of brilliance, which is fantastic. Um, it's just a shame that other players around him didn't pick up on that. Um, now, if, if they can train on that, we need to up front. There's absolutely no doubt about it, because five in the midfield for us hasn't always worked, because a lot of teams 
from the back, has bypassed the midfield and lumped it straight up front. And, um, well, as I said before, we, we are leaking goals. Um, I can't remember the time, um, and I'm looking at the fixture, I can't remember the time that, you know, we, we, we didn't concede in a match. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Brunson's last six, and although, for instance, you know, you lost against Hull, but you scored two. You, uh, you, Cardiff 2 0, kind of, you know, we lost against Cardiff, uh, but you drew Kupiar 2 2, uh, Burton 1 1. You seem to be scoring goals. So um, I spoke to Chris, who's my sort of co-host on the uh, on the podcast that we do for the for the I follow, and um, w- we both sort of thought that um, if we're being extremely positive and we'll have our head rule, we'll say we're looking at a score draw. But I, I think to be fair, um, I think Brentford can can probably win this because one of the things that we have seen is one goes in we're lacking a bit of a leader on the pitch and there's nobody really picking the players up. So as you can see by the, by the, you know, the last three matches, we've conceded three goals because if one's gone in, heads have gone down and we've not been able to come back from that. And unless he remedies that, um, I can only see uh, a Brentford win and um, probably two or three goals. I mean, the way you're talking, it could actually be three all, mate, because exactly the same thing happened at Hull on Saturday and it keeps happening to us all over the place. And uh, we're talking about having someone on the pitch to actually kind of give them a bit, bit of steel and actually pick the players up. And maybe we are too similar. So basically, score prediction, teams like Brentford and teams like Barnsley. What are you saying? You're saying, what, what score are you um, saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Brentford 2, Barnsley 0. OK. Brentford 2, Barnsley 0. And I, I think I've gone Brentford 3. Barnsley nil. Only because I wasn't allowed to have Brentford two Barnsley nil because one of my colleagues is going to go for that one as well. But listen, <laughs> well, I did it instead. <laughs> yeah. So, Carlo, anyway, listen, mate. Great to chat to you once again. And, uh, well, we'll see how it goes on Saturday. Like I said to you, the last home game of the season for us, the last away game of the season for you. And uh, after the match, we'll catch up and uh, we'll see how it goes. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, all the best to all the Brentford fans. A very Merry Christmas from all the Barnsley fans. And uh, let's just hope for a good game of football, because even if we lose, then we've got something to hold on to. Okay, Merry Christmas to the Barnsley fans from the Bees. We'll see you on Saturday. Nice one. All right. Cheers, mate. So, Saturday, teams like Brentford playing teams like Barnsley. And as we say... You're not quite sure who, who, who is expecting to win because do, does teams like Barnsley expect to beat teams like Brentford or does teams like Brentford expect to beat teams like Barnsley? I mean, we're at home, so in principle, we should be beating teams like Barnsley, but you don't want to get caught in that kind of rut because we'll get in all sorts of trouble because we, you know, we've been going on about teams like Brentford for months and years and stuff I like think, that. I think we cracked it, haven't we? Have we? Uh, yeah, I think we have. I, th- I think we're talking about te- teams like is different to clubs like. So we're, we're saying we're saying that we should be beating teams like Barnsley because we're a good team and then probably not quite as good a team as us. They're all right. They're all right. Yeah, no, they're all right. I mean, no, they're, they're, they are. I know they are. They're in the championship. Everyone, everyone at this level is good. Clubs like that's that's when you start to diss their club and t- clubs like Barnsley and clubs like Brentford. Then, then, like I don't want to get involved in that because that's like we're we're, we're not saying we're a bigger or a smaller club than Barnsley. But then you've got to change the T-shirt. I mean, the, the T-shirt is teams like Brentford, and and teams like Barnsley. Don't know. I haven't. I'm saying teams likes fine. I'm saying clubs likes not fine. You know, it's when you're saying that's that's where the confusion is. It's people that say 
oh, we should be beating teams like Brentford. They're, they're Sunderland fans. So, but they, they don't, so, no, so but it's they, right for them to say no, it then? They don't mean that. They mean clubs like. They, they don't actually... Well, how do you know what they mean? Because they, they're not intelligent people. No, that's not... Oh, I think you're making a mass assumption here. I think no, that... That's not, that's not what they mean. I, no, I don't think I am. No, I don't I think actually, I am. I agree with you. There you go. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I get the do. point that Laney's making completely there. I think there is absolute difference. We should be beating teams like Burton because they're not very good compared to us as a team. I would never say we should beat clubs like Burton because clubs like Burton could become hardest fields and go up. No, but Burton, but Burton, but Burton. I'm right, and you're trying. You're, no, no, don't, don't try, don't try and make a problem. Because, I'm not a problem. I'm just, I'm just, I'm being devil's advocate. That's what I do. I know you do. But what, what, that's exact. What I'm exactly saying is, people confuse the word team and club and what they mean is we should be beating clubs uh, of course Sunderland fans feel they should be beating clubs like Brentford because we are we are the fly on their windscreen as I said you know last week but what they actually mean is they they're gonna they're gonna diss everything we are as a team and and we are I, a better team than what, what I what I do listen fair enough but it's almost like you're you're microscopically taking this apart. But at the end of the day, if you're an Aston Villa fan, right? If you're a Sunderland fan, what you just turn around is that you look at all the other clubs and we said we should be beating teams like Preston, Brentford, Barnsley, whoever else it may be, and that's that's what they say. Yeah, brilliant, because, brilliant, but they don't. No, but the fact no, but the fact <laughs> is that no, but no, 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 but and the reason why they say that is because that is. At the end of the day, there's a a historical thing. B, no, there's a financial thing. And C, there's just a kind of like we should be thing going on, right? So it's almost like it doesn't really matter how good or bad your team is. Because even if your team is good... They still believe they should be beating you because the fact is that uh, clubs, yeah, but no, yeah, 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 it is. But the thing is that the club thing ties into it, and I'm not, I'm this, I'm not, I'm not a Sunderland or a Barnsley, uh, sorry, Sunderland or a Villa or anything like that fan. But that is just kind of how it works for them, and you might be thinking about it logically. But what they, but what they will say is they will say we should be beating it because at the end of the day is that. As football history goes, they should be. I'm sorry to labour the point, but I think, I think Laney's absolutely right. They think they should be clubs like Brentford. They think they should beat Brentford because we're a small club with rubbish recent history. And they're not looking at the team on paper where we say, do you know what? As we do as Brentford fans, we think we can beat anybody in this division, including Wolves and the Cardiff and the, and the top team, because we know we're a really, really good team. And we don't judge every performance we make on the base that we're a small club with a shit ground and a low fan base you know we, we think we, we know we're a really really good team and I, I it's, it's, a, it's a laughing pub discussion but I do think they're judging it on clubs and, and on teams and history as well I mean I, I'm you know obviously I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a kind of like a, a by default Brentford historian now geek yeah get, no yeah geek call it a geek but you know Fulham fans that give it the big one about well we reached the you know the Europa Cup whatever it was and what have you ever done We'll say, well, well okay, actually, we were in the top flight between 1935 and 1949, and, and we're, we're, we didn't play Fulham once in that time. So, so you know, so where were you during our halcyon days? So history's cyclical. 
don't 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 chuck don't chuck five years of history at me when we weren't relevant, and I won't chuck ten years of history at you when you weren't relevant. So so so, so coming back to teams like Brentford, we're playing Barnsley on Saturday. Teams like Brentford, teams like Barnsley, and ironically, teams like Brentford. There's a you've got some teams like Brentford t-shirts selling in the Besotted shop. Besotted.com. If you just go on there, you'll see the teams like Brentford shirt which has actually been flying out of the store as well. They're absolutely wicked. We just thought and we did it as a laugh, and people are very happy about them. So they've gone out there but teams like Brentford we're playing teams like Barnsley let's don't start to do the overanalyze of the teams and the clubs and all that nonsense just, just uh, on Saturday that, yeah. on Saturday teams like Brentford are playing teams like Barnsley how should teams like Brentford do against like teams like Barnsley teams like Brentford should um, edge it I, I would say um, I think I think teams like Barnsley it's brilliant to have them in our division. I know the lads there. They're a really good, sound bunch of fans, really good people. Um, I look forward to seeing them. Uh, I look forward to beating them. Um, and I, I honestly think we, sh- we, we, should, we should edge it. We, you know, it's not, it's not going to be an easy game, but, but Brentford should win on Saturday. And I, I, know, I, think, I think we have to. So score prediction for the brain that Brentford should win but you haven't really committed no I'll, I'll commit myself okay so like 2 or 3 1 Brentford no, 2 or 3 1 tell me okay 3 1 Brentford 3 1 Brentford teams like Brentford are going to beat teams like Barnsley the Sav uh, I think uh, as long as Barnsley don't park the bus like Burton did and I think from what I know of Barnsley they're not that kind of team I think they're, 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 they're a good footballing team so as we know when we play good footballing teams like the mighty mighty Fulham uh, we crush them to bits and I think that we, we've got it in us to... Uh, I, mean, you know, I know it's not going to be easy, but I think we'll, we'll, we'll beat them. And I think Laney went for 3-1. Is it the teams like Derby? Teams, it, teams like Derby drive it, me no, mad. No, no, they no, are, no, no. Is it, is it the teams like Derby? Not like teams oh, like Derby. Oh, is it the teams like Derby? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the teams like, or the Tin Pot Derby, we tin could call it. So, uh, but I, th- I think we will. As Laney went for t- um, two one, I'm going to go uh, three one. I'm going to go for two one, and I do think that we uh, we're due a win. We're due a win, aren't we? Yeah. So two one or three one? Uh, I don't know. I said two one. Pay attention. Okay, you said two one. I am paying attention, oh, but one. listen, you said three one. But you keep you're talking too fast for me at, the, at this moment in time. Yeah, scores like two one. Um, the Dutchman. I'm going to ask you now. Teams like Barnsley. We like teams like Barnsley. But we don't like them enough for them to beat us, do we? I like clubs like Barnsley. Oh, no. You're going to confuse the issue. <laughs> no, that's the whole point. We should be beating teams like Barnsley because we are better than them, I believe. We've got better players. Um, and that's got nothing to do with the club. Joking aside, it's a home game. We need a pick-up after last week. I always expect us to win at home, but I would be very surprised if we don't win this one. And I will go for a slightly comfortable 2-0 win for Brentford comfortable for the Dutchman and for myself it's going to be a wicked Friday night I'm going to have a few beers in the brewery um, Bob Taylor Kevin O'Connor beard ourselves right up Marcus we're, we're going to we're Marcus Gale and we're going to stay in Brentford on Friday night and wake up in the morning totally refreshed 2-0 win to Brentford teams like Barnsley I love the Barnsley boys you've had 2-0 two, you've had two already well, I'm going to go 3-0 then. 3-0 to Brentford. Teams like Barnsley are going to come down there. It's not that we should be beating teams like Barnsley because we like teams like Barnsley, but then they, we'll just 
happen to beat teams like Barnsley and it'll be 3 0. So, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Social on Friday, it's night, it's sold out, it's all good. Thanks very much for buying your tickets, it's going to be all good. We're going to have a right good laugh. Kevin Connor, Marcus Gale, and, 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 and Big Bob Taylor are going to be there, and loads of Brentford fans. Food and drink and everything, and it's going to be really wicked. Um, what else have we got? We've got t shirts, we've got posters, we've got all sorts of stuff in the shop at the Besotted shop. You just go and check it out, and you might be able to click the button and get them in before Christmas. And other than that, there's not a lot else to say because on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, we've got teams like Barnsley coming down. We like teams like Barnsley because we're like us, teams like Barnsley, but if we can beat them, then we'll just show us that at the end of the day, Brentford should be beating teams like Barnsley. Shouldn't be able to say it. Come, Come on, you bees! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.